0: Welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast. Joining us on the show today is the young lady with a special ability for expressing her story through art. And the reason I've asked her to come on the show today is to share her story and some of her art with us because I think she has a unique perspective on what it means to be a TCK and has really valuable insight into the importance... Of community, the points the importance of making connections, and the importance of just being able to share your story. She speaks towards the end of the episode on the power that there is in sharing your story. Ladies and gentlemen, Hannah Matthews.
1: Hi, glad to be here.
0: So, Hannah, the million dollar TCK question. Where are you from?
1: <laughs> it is a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I am gonna say in this particular instance that i am from many places i grew up in ghana west africa and now i currently live in lancaster pennsylvania
0: nice that's cool so ghana pennsylvania um have you grown up in other places as well besides that
1: uh i've visited some other countries but i'd say my growing up pretty much happened in ghana in the u.s
0: okay that's cool so um if you don't mind my asking. How much time did you spend in Ghana as opposed to the US?
1: Uh I am just about at even right now. So I spent 11 years in Ghana and I'm currently 23, so I've spent a little okay. bit more time in the US at this point.
0: Yeah, half your life overseas. That's a that's a pretty good run.
1: Yep, yep it is.
0: Yeah, very cool. So, how much do you consider Ghana to be home?
1: I, well, this this has changed throughout the course of my life. I'd say when I was younger, I was definitely my home. I was extra loyal and, like, patriotic about it. I, Ghana was my country and the U.S. was not. But yeah, as sure. I've gotten older and visited more places, I think I view my home more as being wherever I'm living at the time or people that I'm with as opposed to a certain country or location.
0: Hmm. That brings up an interesting point that home is not always necessarily a geographical place, but can absolutely be, you know, an experience. Like you said, the people that you, the people that are meaningful to you or experiences that are meaningful to you or perhaps, you know, where you just currently reside, whatever. So I I like, I like hearing how different people interpret, uh, interpret the concept of home differently.
1: Right. Because I mean, the alternative for me is to be homeless, which I don't know. Most people don't want to be homeless, so yeah. I'll just claim the people.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. And I think sometimes it's easier to talk about, talk about the people that are meaningful to you as opposed to the places, especially when those people are in a specific place or a specific time of your life. Like if you have uh, a strong affiliation to your extended family and they all live in the same place, then it's easier to say that's home, even if you've never really been there. So yes, I heard I heard one guy say um, he was just talking about his childhood and he said that whenever he was distressed, he said, my grandmother was the place that I wanted to be. And I thought that was sort of beautiful and poetic, like not that not that his grandmother was a person, but like she created this atmosphere and that was the place that he wanted to be.
1: Yeah. In that a person can be the place that you want to be. Like my extended family all lives in Montana and so I have a strong attachment to Montana, even though I never lived in Montana and so often. Going to Montana, like the, the feelings associated with it are much stronger than they would normally be for a place that I've never been, mm. just because of the people that go with it,
0: yeah, right, that's cool. Montana's beautiful, especially you know the mountains and stuff it I've been is. through there quite a few times yes. and always enjoy it yeah so Hannah one of the one of the reasons that um, I wanted to get you on the podcast for this interview was that I think you have a slightly unique take on the TCK experience, um, just in that you're a very artistic person. And I feel like art has, uh, has been a, has probably been a part of your life if I'm judging accurately, uh, for a while now. Is that true?
1: Yeah, it's definitely true. Actually, it was a part of my life even before I became a TCK when we were moving to Ghana for the first time, I was four and I... I was writing songs then, so like all the stuff that I had to leave back in the US because I couldn't take with me. I wrote songs about it and my mother recorded
0: Wow, no kidding. Definitely. So you're writing you were writing yeah. songs at 4 years old and already processing the, you know, the transitional adaptation experience uh, through through music mm-hmm. at that age. And what a thoughtful what a thoughtful thing of your mom to do to actually, you know, uh take the time to record that and keep that look back on that's cool yeah
1: she she thought it was hilarious and looking back it, it really is I mean four-year-olds don't exactly write super good songs
0: <laughs> oh absolutely I have a five-year-old four-year-old and one-year-old almost two two-year-old uh, at home now as well as the baby and the five and four-year-old the songs they create are you're right they're hilarious and they're hilarious <laughs> in that like they're trying to be musical and they're doing a decent job of it like you can tell that there's like some sort of a con- conceptualization of a tune um and then there are definitely words that go together but it's it's sometimes it is very comical to listen to especially when they both get into it and then like invariably yes. one of them will turn to the other and be like no you're singing it wrong let me tell you how it's really how it really is as,
1: as if there's some pre-decided thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly so hannah do you have some i do
1: I do. I have four younger siblings, so I'm the oldest of five.
0: Okay, no kidding. Nice. Uh, so, how old were your siblings when you moved to Ghana?
1: Uh, my sister was two, and then my brother had just been born, so he was three weeks old. And while we were in Ghana, my two youngest sisters were born. So, they what? Were
0: both zero. Your brother was three weeks old when you, your family moved to Ghana.
1: Yes, yes, he was. We were waiting for him to be born before we left because you can't fly after a certain stage in pregnancy, so right. he had to be born, and then we left.
0: Wow, no kidding. That's intense.
1: <laughs> I know. Now I realize how ridiculous that must have sounded to people, but being four, I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, sure. Wow, interesting. So, Hannah, you obviously have a knack for um, music and uh Poetic expression, and have you know developed that from an early age? What does that look like over time for you? Have you kept up with that?
1: Yes, definitely. I think it's a really useful skill for me personally, as far as processing emotions and transitions and feelings and what's going on around me. I'm not, I'm not a very outgoing sort of person, so I tend to process internally, and writing or singing can really help me with it. Hmm.
0: Nice. Have you seen that in other people too? Like, do you do you see other uh, other TCKs or just other people in general expressing expressing feelings and emotions and processing stories that way?
1: Yeah, I do. Actually, my youngest sister has, especially in the last I don't know two or three years, has started coming into her own as far as that. But I've definitely seen it in a lot of other TCKs, and I think it can be partly because the TCK experience is unique and can feel really isolating. And so to express how you feel in words can let you share that feeling with other people who maybe don't share the same experience but can can then understand some of what you're feeling or maybe even relate.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. and that's cool. So uh but your or music runs in your family then too. Are your uh do your parent do your parents write music or anything like that or is it just you and your siblings?
1: Oh, uh, my dad's pretty artistic. He wrote music and poetry when he was younger. He, as far as I know, he didn't do a lot of it while he had kids, probably because he was really busy. But I know he he used to do it when he was younger. And my whole family is into music in terms of singing and playing instruments. Not necessarily writing our own music, but just enjoying music as a form
0: of art. Sure, that's cool. So. Yeah. Uh, Now, recently you've started, uh, you started sort of creating a a platform for other TCKs to uh, process their stories and um, give expression to their experiences in art too. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so it's a website, it's called Culture Mix, and I created it because I, as a TCK artist, am really interested in finding other TCK artists. I think mainly just because I love art and I love art that I can relate to. And so TCK art tends to be stuff I can relate to pretty well. And I used to find stuff by just Googling, searching on the internet, talking to other TCK artists that I know personally and gathering uh, art like that. But I realized that as far as I know of, there isn't any place on the web where all this stuff is gathered together and can be easily accessed and discovered altogether as a whole. So that was my goal in creating the website is to make like a hub of TCK art for people who are looking for it. So you don't have to search quite so hard to find it.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And if you're listening to this on Apple podcast, Google play or another um, another podcast uh, provider. Uh, you can go to tckcare.com and I will definitely uh, share a link to Hannah's website and you can go and check out some of the really interesting art that uh, she and other TCKs have contributed to. So Hannah how is has how Culture Mix uh, grown since you created it? Have have you had a lot of uh, a lot of participation from TCKs?
1: Yeah, I actually have a fairly large group of personal connections who are also artists, so I started when I first launched by reaching out to them and asking them if I could put their work on the website, getting submissions that they maybe hadn't posted in other places, those sorts of things. So that really helped to kick it off, I think, because, I mean, it's it's free site. People are happy to share their stuff. They like to get it out there. They like to see what other people have written. So then once I had a pretty good, uh, group of art on there, then I started sharing it with, uh, some Facebook groups that I'm a part of that are TCKs or missionary kids or military brats, other kinds of TCKs. And mm-hmm. so I got a, a lot of responses from that in terms of engagement and interaction, mm. not so many submissions, but I have got, I have got people who are interested. I think it takes a little time to get around in the TCK world. So, yeah, I ran a contest for a little bit and some people sent in some submissions for that. So, that was cool.
0: Mm, nice. And so, if people do want to uh, make a submission for uh, On Culture Mix, how would they do that?
1: So, if they're on the website, there's a page that says Contact Us and you can send something into there that says you want it or you can email a link to your content or you can email the content directly pretty much any way through the contact submission form on the website will let you add something
0: okay that's cool and what kind of what kind of art in particular are you looking for on culture mix
1: any kind of art i would love to find some new kind of art that doesn't even like have a classification to it yet but currently what's up there is music art poetry both written and spoken word poetry and
0: Paintings and drawings, mostly. Mm, so nice. I I'd, I'd spend a little time looking around at Culture Mix on occasion. I've you know seen your uh, seen some of the posts that you shared on Facebook and social media and stuff like that. So I've definitely been there and checked it out. I wasn't aware that there were a significant uh, number of paintings, though. I got to go back and look at that, though. That I think that'd be really interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I didn't start out with any because I don't personally know any. TCK artists who paint sure. but as I was asking for submissions a bunch of people were requesting for that to be a category and they sent in some stuff so it's in there now
0: nice that's cool I
1: don't know I'm like awesome this is what I'm looking for
0: yeah exactly definitely and it must feel nice to have that uh you know audience participation so to speak of people really interested in it and wanting to contribute something and wanting to see more Uh, Contributions uh, made to that. And so that's really cool. It's really encouraging to hear.
1: And that's why I made it really to be a resource for people to find other artists, to find art if they're not an artist, to connect with other TCKs who feel things that are similar to them. And so that it's sort of like a hey, you're not alone in this. We all feel this way. And even if you're not an artist and you can't express it, someone else maybe can and you can use their words to see that you're not alone in this.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's deep. I feel like that you know that is one of the biggest issues for TCKs and maybe for everyone who has a more of a unique story, the feeling that uh, the feeling that for some reason somehow you're alone in this, you know. And I think that that's really cool that they can engage with other TCKs through art.
1: Right, and for me in particular, when I was growing up, there were no other TCKs in our area. We were the only family that had any kids on the mission field for uh, like the first seven or eight years that we were there. So, and my parents didn't know the term TCK. Nobody had ever told me what a TCK was or is. So I really had a sense of isolation in that I didn't know anybody else like me. Nobody had ever told me that they felt like me. And so a lot of my art from my younger years came out of that sense of, I'm the only one who feels like this. And so I must write about it because there's nothing out there that I can read or hear or sing that really expresses me. So I sort of created out of this idea that there was a vacancy that, this stuff didn't exist, which when I came back to the U.S. and I was older and I discovered the internet and all the cool things like that, I realized that there are TCK artists and there are people who have said things that I can really, really identify with. But at the time, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of the people. I didn't have access to any of the art. And so my own creation process came a lot out of that sense of isolation.
0: Hmm, man. I'm sorry to hear that you didn't have uh, the resources to you know, be connected to the TCK network on the mission field—that's kind of a bummer. And I'm sure that you know—I'm sure you're not alone. And unfortunately, I feel like the people I most want to hear this podcast aren't going to like if they're out in the bush <laughs> in Africa. Then there's just there's just no way, right? But, yeah,
1: yeah. We lived in a village. We didn't have internet access or anything like that. So there really wasn't any way to reach out beyond our small world.
0: Mm, yeah, I get that. Uh, when, you know, the only way we could do email was if my, my dad took the sat phone out and set it up on top of the car and pointed it at the satellite. (laughs) And it was like really expensive to download emails. And so we would never receive things with attachments and stuff like that. And then we came back to the States and it's like, there's this tiny little computer that sits on this desk in the corner of your house. And all you have to do is open the internet and your email loads automatically. It was like magical. I know. My mind was blown. Yes.
1: When I came back for college, I I call it, I discovered the internet and I just, it was, <laughs> I love you that. can't even understand how amazing it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell, I tell monocultural Americans about my discovery of the internet and they just look at me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. So what, what was, what was your biggest adjustment for, uh, for moving, You know, having lived for eleven years in Ghana to moving back to the U.S., what what was the biggest adjustment for you?
1: I think the biggest adjustment for me was the cultural difference. In terms of where I lived in Ghana, was very uh, group mindset, and the U.S. is very individualistic. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting how much that would affect me and how much it would affect relationships in particular. So when I came back to the Mm. U.S., I realized that in an individual kind of culture i really had no idea how to individually make friends and so that that learning curve was a pretty steep learning curve and i i wasn't prepared for that so i'd say that was probably the hardest part what actually ended up happening which was Honestly, the best thing that could have happened is, i we call it I got adopted by an extrovert. So there's an extrovert who I know who's super, super outgoing, and she basically just dragged me to things. She's like, hey, come to this social event, come to this social event, come to this thing, mm-hmm. do this with me. And slowly she like got me into social circles. And so, yeah, I'd say she's the reason I have friends now, but it, it was really good for me to have that person.
0: That's great. We all need people like that in our lives, people who, like, will just, like, reach out to us and plug us into the right, you know, plug us into social events and uh, be that perhaps sometimes annoying friend who's, you know, knocking on your door and getting you out there and stuff, so that's fun.
1: (laughs) Yes, and then she became my cultural coach, too, in which I would be like... I don't know what you're supposed to do when you're invited to a wedding. What happens now? And she would tell me, okay, well, you have to answer, then you have to buy a gift and you have to do this and you have to do that. So yes, cultural coaches are invaluable.
0: Yes, definitely. Absolutely. In fact, I'm thinking like I've got to do like a sort of a mini series or something on the podcast on like cultural cues and like what are the cultural cues for a wedding? What are the cultural cues for like going out to eat at a fast food restaurant with your friends? How about like going on (laughs) your, your first date? Uh, how about like going, you know, moving into the dorm, like all these different things? Oh, yes. That, all
1: of those things are just.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> infinite little things. People don't think
1: to explain them to you because they they just grew up learning them little by little. And so you have to you have to really have the right person to ask those kinds of questions to.
0: Right. Absolutely. Definitely. So, Hannah, because you've had so much time, you know, creating your own art and also um, just getting uh, immersed in the art from other TCKs, I was wondering if uh, you might have something to share with us on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I actually have a spoken word poem that I was thinking of sharing, and I'll tell you, it was written uh, when I first started dating the first time I dated an American guy. And it was it was a quite a learning process for me. I had no idea how dating was supposed to work in the US. And thankfully he was very patient with me. But at the same time, he was a monocultural American guy who really didn't understand where I was coming from as far as being a TCK and some of the emotions and uh habits and practices that go along with that. So I, we had been dating for a couple months, and I wrote this poem to try and explain to him what I was feeling. I didn't actually end up like giving it to him, but it helped me to process, and then sure. I could explain to him in words that make more sense to him. So, yeah, it's uh it's called "Don't Keep Your Distance." Okay do you know how many times i have moved sometimes i count them on my fingers fistful after fistful of tears swollen in my throat and i try to remember every single one but i can't too many too many times it's the only number that fits the emotion and i know this won't make sense to you but my hands are full of this place now and i can't hold anymore when i open my palms the memories are dripping out and i'm afraid if i stay longer i will forget i don't want to forget do you know how many times i have moved when i sleep i dream of muted whispers in languages you don't speak and when i wake up i write songs about the dusty grass of places you've never been Sometimes, when you hold my hand, I imagine the words I have known imprinted on my palm, burning you in your ignorance. How could anyone expect you to love something as fragmented as me? I tried, I really tried, to unclench my fists of memories, to open up my hands and belong. But every time I look at my palm, I see the lines of roads leading other places, and I can't stop tracing them, can't stop aching to leave. I can't be part of a whole world. Everything is random moments, and I'm disconnected from the planned future. I'm not here to stay, I'm never here to stay. You asked me tonight to go out with you, tired grin through voice texting, and I wanted to say no. But instead I said yes, and I drove on these winding roads that never lead to other places, and I opened my hands to you. I stayed another day, I spilled a few more memories and let you matter a little bit more. I loved. Do you know how many times I have moved? Many. It's the only answer that fits, and when I tell you I love you, I want you to think of that. I don't know how to be a part of just one world, how to hold your hand and love and be loved without being burned by the smallness of the story. Staying here is like being trapped, and I value freedom. But more than even freedom, I value you. This is a TCK's love poem, telling you how badly I want to leave in hopes that you will understand how deeply you matter. It's okay if you don't understand. There is a vast difference between us, a Sahara desert of sandy separation, but I'm trying, please tell me, you can see that I'm trying, not to keep my distance. It's my desert, and every day I stay, the liquid memories leak out of my hands into the sand, and I think, I think life is growing here. New life, small and green and fragile, hopeful and timid. So I will grow a trail of oasis across this desert, copy for you the map of roads in my palms, and let you destroy this distance I have always kept, but I'm not making promises. One day, I will add another number to too many, and I will shut my fists tight around these memories, and I will leave. But today is not one day, and for now, I am busy growing life in a desert with you. Just don't keep your distance, and I won't keep mine.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. I love the imagery of holding on to memories and uh, just comparing that to life in the desert Especially going back to what you said earlier about just that feeling of being alone in your experience and being isolated. Sometimes it can feel like you know you're out in the wilderness, even even when you're among, even when you're in a room full of people. And so you know, living in the desert and holding on tight to your memories and having your hands full of this place now—that's such a such a powerful way to express the t- some of that TCK, um, TCK sense of belonging, if you if you will.
1: Right. And I I really get what you mean about like feeling alone, even in the midst of people. I had a moment a few years ago where I was I was riding in a car with a group of my friends here, all of whom have lived in the same place their entire life and were great friends. I was having a great time with social event. I felt included, accepted. I knew them. They knew me. And just in the moment of it, I just I had this thought of, none of these people have any idea what it is like to live in a village in Africa. And none of the people who knew me when I lived in a village in Africa would even recognize me in this situation. And just the the utter disconnect between the two parts of my memories just struck me in that moment for no apparent reason. And the day continued on, but that I would call that a moment of loneliness, even being surrounded by people.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That it, yeah, I hear you. Definitely can definitely relate to that. There's definitely yeah. something, you know, really powerful about having shared experiences and uh, just having that, having that network of people who, you know, even if it's not the same village in Africa, if they know what it's like to grow up in the village in Africa, if they've had those experiences, there's, there's just a level of understanding between you. I, I definitely get that
1: right the tck connection
0: yeah and hopefully that's what people are going to experience in you know on your website culture mix um in a different way
1: right yes that is the goal i yeah. mean even if you can't meet in person you can see that their experience mirrors your experience in terms of the emotions that are felt
0: right yeah well that's awesome thank you so much for um sharing your uh, sharing your some of your art with us on the podcast today hannah and also for taking the time out to you know do this interview with me and just to talk about uh life and life in africa and life as a tck in the states and stuff it's been really uh really good for me to hear hear about your experience
1: yeah thanks for the invitation yeah and just
0: just to finish up is there any like uh final thoughts for tck's or uh, tck families or the people who care for TCKs, anything they should be aware of or anything you want them to hear from you coming away from this?
1: I guess I would just say that something really powerful that people who care for TCKs, parents or mission boards or anything like that, that you can do for a TCK is give them space to tell their story if they're an artist, ask to hear their art to see it to be aware of it if they're not an artist ask them questions about their memories let them tell their stories there's there's a lot of power in being heard and being listened to even if you can't fully understand their experiences they can still benefit from you taking the time to listen
0: love it yes agree 100 all right well thank you so much thank you again hannah and again if you're listening in on this Um, If you'd like to listen to that uh, piece in particular, again, you can go on Culture Mix or you can just rewind the podcast. No, go on Culture Mix and check it out there. Um, I will share a link on the uh, on the on TCKCare dot com, the website. Um, So if you need to find it that way, that's great. Um, So, yeah. Thank you again, Hannah, for taking the time to share with us. And we'll have to have you back again sometime. All right.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: This has been Hannah Matthews joining me, your host, Stephen Black, on TCK Care, the podcast. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give me a shout out, uh, comment, like, subscribe, share, any of that stuff. And also, I'd really appreciate your help in getting the word out about TCK Care, the podcast. If you wouldn't mind just sharing this show with someone who you think would benefit from hearing some of these stories and getting some of these suggestions and strategies on taking care of TCKs, I'd really appreciate that. I hope you'll tune in again next week as we talk about walls and windows, the balance between being vulnerable and setting boundaries in relationships. Tune in next week.